You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. This is Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Southern Fried Sports on your home for University of Alabama Athletics, Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com, with you weekdays from 11 a.m. until noon. The show, as always, brought to you by Peterbrook Chocolatier, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. Great to see so many folks taking advantage of that Father's Day gift opportunity. Peterbrook, of course, doing handprints for the little ones and do their handprints on a milk chocolate frame. Going to be a white chocolate handprint onto a milk chocolate frame, and then you hand that over to Pops on Sunday. And he's a happy, happy dude. A lot happier than if you give him that tie, you know, that clip-on tie, no less, for the 15th straight year. Peterbrook Chocolatier, 1530 McFarland. Boulevard North. Joined on the program by the executive producer of Southern Fried Sports, Jacob Harrison, and together we combine to form the 60-bit-a-boo of Sports Talk Radio. Jacob, how you doing? Doing all right, doing all right. It, it, it's the, the heat of minicamp season, so we're going to overreact to things that shouldn't be reacted to at all and underreact to the successful things. Tua with the bounce back, Jacob, yesterday. I'm sure you saw that. Tua Tonga Vialoa. After the five interceptions in the monsoon-like conditions on Tuesday down in South Florida, apparently two are very impressive, very impressive on Wednesday. So it's tough. I got to pace myself with the overreactions, Jacob. You know, these shorts and helmets workouts, they get you really fired up. They give you a little taste. It just tells you, though, right, how hungry people are, how hungry football fans are already for the return of the sport. And you can only imagine what that's going to be like a month from now, when we're basically on the doorstep of training camp 2021, our Jacksonville Jaguars, as you know, as you know, Jacob, set for a 20-0 and run with Trevor Lawrence behind quarterback. I don't think that's a reach. Do you? 20-0. and Oh, a little rim shot? You thought I was kidding, Jacob? Come on. Urban Meyer, Trevor Lawrence, James Robinson at running back, Cam Robinson in a contract year at left tackle. What could possibly go wrong for our Jacksonville Jaguars? Yeah, um, we'll see. The Chiefs, the Ravens, <laughs> the Browns. <laughs> oh, man, I'm worried about the Titans, dude. I got the Titans to worry about my AFC South now with Julio. Julio joining forces with A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, 
I got to worry about Carson Wentz and the Indianapolis Colts. Although, do I really have to worry about Carson Wentz all that much? I don't think I have to worry that much about the Houston Texans. Doesn't seem like it in the AFC South. But yeah, we got to work on our division first, I guess, before we can start thinking 20 and 0. 205 9904. That is the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio Line. If you'd like to jump on board with us, we'd love to hear from you. We're going to talk with Brent Beard. We weren't able to hook up with Brent on Tuesday, so we've got Brent on Thursday of this week. We'll go around the Southeastern Conference with Brent. We'll go beyond the Southeastern Conference with Brent because Herm Edwards and those Sun Devils of Arizona State, oh, oh, the allegations, and apparently a pretty nice paper trail. Now, didn't anybody learn anything from SMU in the mid-'80s? You don't write anything down. You don't keep any receipts. You don't allow for photos. In the case of SMU, you didn't really want to see former players and their moms hooked up to polygraph machines, right? That wasn't good back in the mid-'80s. Well, it's still pretty much the case in 2021. No evidence. You got to recruit mafia style. No witnesses in college athletics recruiting. But it sounds like there are more than a few where Arizona State and the allegations of improper recruiting activities amidst COVID-19 protocols. We'll see how that goes for Arizona State. Antonio Pierce, recruiting coordinator, defensive coordinator, former colleague of Herm Edwards there at ESPN before they made the jump to college football also. Also mentioned prominently, we'll ask Brent about that. We'll ask Brent about the ongoing talks where the college football playoff expansion is concerned. Having meetings to set more meetings right now. But it's coming. It's coming. It's crowning. It's crowning the college football playoff expansion. I guess that's a weird way. Weird analogy. But that's the stuff you get here on Southern Fried Sports. So we'll talk with Brent about all that and more. And again, you're welcome at 205 342 9904. Trying to get the U.S. Open cranked up out in Southern California. Beautiful La Jolla area. If you've ever been to San Diego, uh, that La Jolla area, San Diego in general, man, is just out of this world from a weather perspective year round. Now, you got to worry about fires and things like that. But if you're just looking to spend a week, maybe 10 days somewhere, San Diego isn't a bad place to do it. And it is home to the 121st plane of the U.S. Open Championship underway now at Torrey Pines Golf Club. Robbie Shelton among the Alabama contingent out there at Torrey Pines. Robbie Shelton will take his start one under through one. So we've got Robbie Shelton officially on 59 watch. Go ahead and just put him on 59 watch. at One under through one, Justin Thomas Set to tee off here momentarily, it appears. Uh, Again, tee times this morning push back. You worry about the fog whenever they have the tour event on an annual basis at Torrey Pines, and certainly that's the case again today on the opening round, for the opening round of the U.S. Open. JT in that group with Brooks Kepka today, and uh, they're set to uh, tee it up. Pretty much right now, when you talk about Justin Thomas, Brooks Kepka, and Colin Morikawa. So you've got three major champions in that group. That is in the TV window for the morning flight out there 
on the West Coast, and you've got so much coverage. I think it's 45 hours over the four days that you're going to be able to consume the action from the U.S. Open. Now, you're going to have various platforms. you got the Peacock Network now in association with NBC. If you want to watch the early, early coverage, you got to have the Peacock coverage. And then you'll have Golf Channel, and then, of course, you'll have NBC as sort of the anchor tenant of that shopping center, that strip center of golf coverage for the weekend. Kind of like the grocery store right in the middle, that anchor tenant. And then you got a subway maybe on one side, and then maybe a, I don't know, shoe store or something, Dollar General on the other side. That's basically the way the setup is for the coverage streaming and both network for the U.S. Open. So Justin Thomas set to get underway. Other Alabama-affiliated players in the tournament this week. How about Wilson Furr and Davis Shore, teammates here recently at the University of Alabama. Both qualify for the U.S. Open, and both are going to be playing together. They go off at 1227 Central Time, and they will go off the front side there. I believe it's the South Course. Is it the South Course at Torrey? that they're playing, they've got the South and the North. I should know that. Anywho, you will have Davis Shore and Wilson Fur going off here uh, in an hour and a half or so. We're going to step aside to a break when we come back. As promised, the encyclopedic one when it comes to college football. Brent Beard, College Sports Today, First Coast News, longtime voter for the Heisman Trophy. Brent will join us to talk some college athletics, intercollegiate athletics with Brent Beard when Southern Fried Sports returns on a Thursday brought to you by Peter Brook Chocolatier right after this. Alabama football countdown clock is driven by Crawford Insurance, Tuscaloosa's low-cost auto insurer. Call 752-6489 for a free quote today. There are, there are, there are 79 days until Alabama football. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A good supply of sunshine, the high for this afternoon around 90. Mostly clear tonight, the low 67. Tomorrow, partially sunny with a high at 93. Saturday, clouds move in, rain becoming widespread by afternoon. The high Saturday at 82. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Bama's number one for hip-hop and R&B, 105.1 The Block. It's 86 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. The Crimson Tide will not be denied. edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you. And usually it's Tuesdays that we check in with our good pal Brent Beard. But 
We were out of the office. We were on assignment, a health assignment on Tuesday. So we pushed Brent Beard back to Thursday, and he's always more than gracious to accommodate us. Brent, I trust you're better than Herm Edwards on this Thursday morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, it, and you know, obviously the, the playoff, and there are meetings going on today, but uh, there are other things. The uh, the Herm Edwards situation, the, the McCaffrey transfer, the new Jimmy Kimmel Bowl, uh, if people have missed that, that's pretty amusing. But yes, the Arizona State situation is difficult uh, of some illegal recruiting during the uh, uh, during the dead period. And, and uh, uh, Travis, you and I talk often about situations like this. Timing is everything, is it not? Uh, if this is if this is during the season, d- d- does anyone give this a second notice? Yeah, the news cycle can get you sometimes. I think that's happening with Arizona State and Herm Edwards. But you got Pete Thamel of Yahoo.com reporting that Herm Edwards and his staff reportedly hosted at least 30 players over a span of months, offered late-night facility tours. I got to say, I like the sneaky approach. There's a part (laughs) of me that actually appreciates the effort here. Yeah, Drove prospects around ASU's campus and bumped – just bumped into recruits and families in a back stairwell. The back stairwell. Man, that makes this all the better, too. In yeah. an orchestrated fashion, uh, according to Thamel, ASU's athletics department obtained dozens of pages submitted by an anonymous person that includes screenshots, receipts, pictures, and emails related to numerous potential mm. violations mm. within the Arizona State football program antonio pierce who as you may recall was an espn colleague of herm edwards prior to both of those guys getting involved in college football uh, working together previously at the worldwide leader so antonio pierce mentioned specifically in all this as well and making this even more interesting is that according to pete thamel There are several former Arizona State football staff members who are willing to assist the NCAA in its investigation. Oof. That's that's what got my attention, too, was how many of the uh, uh, the former uh, assistants, maybe even current people around that program that could have been rubbed the wrong way in some ways uh, by uh, Edwards during that time. And, and, and But again, the thing we have to remember with this, too, that Trev, in the long run, when will this thing get settled? What will that will that be a year from now, mm-hmm. a year and a half from now, or two years from now? So uh, I, 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 as as intriguing as, and as complicated as, as this looks compared to what the NCAA is dealing with, uh, I, they may look at this as small potatoes in about what six nine months or a year. Yeah, you know, and according to a source in this report. People are crossing their fingers hoping they can talk to the NCAA. One former staffer said, there's not going to be a lot of holding back. Video guys, trainers, equipment guys, you're going to find people very willing to talk. It's because Antonio Pierce and his followers were not nice to people who are good people. Some people were on board with the approach in the midst of the pandemic. 
Some weren't. If you weren't on board, you got blackballed. Mm. Yeah. And also, look, it's the Pac-12. You know, the Pac-12 these days might as well be across the ocean somewhere, Mm -hmm. you know, in terms of relevancy Mm -hmm. to the rest (laughs) of college football. Now, if this was a – imagine if this was an SEC story, bro. Oh, oh my Uh, goodness. You talk about uh, uh, seismic. Uh, The reaction, I think, would be a lot bigger than it is to say – Arizona State, and, you know, look, Arizona State, not a renowned program in the history of the sport, not a relevant program, really, uh, even in the Pac-12, although there's been some flashes under Herm Edwards uh, the last couple of seasons, but uh, we'll see how that goes for the folks in Tempe here moving forward. You mentioned the college football playoff and the expansion and ongoing meetings. Where are we at, Brent, with that? Uh, apparently some some news potentially today to come from those meetings uh where are we at what are some of the obstacles that they're looking at in going to those 12 teams there there are meetings basically as we speak in chicago today uh, that are discussing some of these meetings and there's still a bunch of questions um i mean the questions of uh where do you play these games are these opening rounds going to be a home game which for the way it's laid out now, seed five through 12 would have a home game. Your top four seeds would have a bye. And the question comes up, how fair is it for the top seeds to not have a home game? I.e., imagine a home game playoff in Bryant-Denny to go with this. How do the Bows figure in the calendar uh, there are a lot of questions they likely won't be able to figure out. But what we're looking at is probably some kind of decision by September where they can go. When do they start? Is it 2023? Is it 2026 uh, with this? So, um, I, I mean, I'm, I've warmed up to the 12. I, I kind of was looking at eight and thought that's where they would go. Uh, but there's still a lot of things to be figured out. But still, Trav, if you are going to do this uh, the way they've, they've been working on it, and they've been working on this, um, as a matter of fact, Ross Dellinger had a really interesting article yesterday as far as how they basically met in secrecy on this for over two years, and then they come out with it. But if you're going to go ahead and deal with this, uh, don't you think after what we saw last year, with scheduling that you could get it up and going by by, by 2023. But, you know, you've got contracts, you've got ESPN have the first ride refusal. Uh, Trav, there's a plethora of things yet to be decided. In other words, we're just having meetings right now before more meetings. We're having meetings <laughs> to get ready for other meetings down the road to try to get all this figured out. I saw in your notes, Brent, I guess it was Pete Thamel pointed out that some leagues, if not all the leagues, could be looking to perhaps do away with divisions yeah. uh, once this goes into effect with the expanded playoff. I think the uh, uh, the logic behind this would be uh, uh, if the championship games are going to uh, mean even more, uh, would – uh, if you're a conference, won't your best two teams to be uh, in the uh, championship game? 
and sometimes that always doesn't happen. So that has been something that uh, will likely be discussed uh, with this, particularly with more of these at-large bids at stake. Uh, and, and again, some conferences have done that. Some have not. Uh, obviously, try for the SEC. Uh, that, that that will be a very interesting question to see how they would deal with that. Absolutely, and it seems as if rosters around college football continue to be a major storyline. Georgia, seems like we update the Bulldogs every week in this segment <laughs> with you in terms of movement, additions, subtractions. We talked about in recent weeks Brandon Turnage, the former Alabama cornerback who had uh, initially moved on to the University of Georgia. There were rumblings about, you know, perhaps he could be on the move once again from Athens. Where does it sit right now with Brandon Turnage? Well, uh, as of last week on their updated roster, he is not on it. Uh, now, something may have happened over the last few days, but uh, that is the last that we uh, knew of that. And if he's going, uh, where might he go? So in Mike Farrell's article on rivals, he mentions Tennessee, Minnesota, Kansas State, TCU, Oregon State, and Illinois as just a few a few of the schools that were in contact with him before he committed to Georgia. Does that mean they go back to him? We don't know. Uh, but uh, look, in, in the notes that we share together for this, the theme of the day, Trav, was – uh, guys transferring in the unfortunate situation and turnage may be one of these is the grass is not always greener. You get somewhere and you think it's not what you thought it was going to be. Or uh, as you mentioned last week, that they're already recruiting to update uh, turnage and whoever else is transferring in uh, that that leaves a player with, a very difficult situation. What do I do next? Yeah, they bring in turnage, Georgia does, and then right on top of them, here comes Darian Kendrick, the transfer from Clemson. So uh, exactly. Each and every one of these Blue Bloods are always looking to upgrade. Bring in a guy last night. The next morning, they're looking to upgrade on that guy. And also for the Georgia Bulldogs, the well-traveled now, Demetrius Robertson, a guy who, when you talk about the, I guess, the recruiting cycle from 2016, Alabama initially was very involved with Demetrius Robertson of the Savannah area, went to Cal, interestingly enough, uh, and then ends up back in his home state at the University of Georgia, but it looks like he's on the move again. Listen, when he first came out of Cal, he had a great year there where he caught 50 passes and seven touchdowns. And, and then he had a sports hernia, uh, ends up at Georgia, never really became the player uh, that they thought that he would be, basically in two seasons, caught around 30 passes. So uh, we don't know where he's going uh, at this point uh, because he's been so inconsistent uh, type situation. Um, so, and, and, and Trav, my thing with this is right now on the transfer board, you, you've got a couple of different guys, uh, and, and this is not categorizing all of them, but it's reality. You've got some who are very young, who really played nothing 
uh, and have few snaps at all. And then you've got others like Robinson who have been incredibly up and down. So if you bring him on, uh, Trev, do you get that? Uh, do you get that 50 catch year with him? Or do you get that year to where he catches 10 passes? Well, it's interesting with Georgia because they've had some real tough luck, as we know, with George Pickens and the ACL and the injuries they've had in general there. Um, I guess that's a spot if this Georgia team doesn't live up to all these expectations once again. Are you thinking it'll be largely in part to uh, the playmakers? Uh, at wide receiver and this sort of quest that Kirby and that staff have been on, it seems like, for an extended period now to to locate, to implement guys that year in and year out can give them more at the wide receiver position. I think it's one of two positions. One is is exactly what you just mentioned. And, again, I mean, they've got guys like uh, – uh, and and I Mitchell, who had a good year last year, he was he was just a freshman. Uh, Kiers Jackson, they're really excited about uh, Marcus uh, Rosemead Jack Saint, who had that horrible injury in the Georgia Florida game on a touchdown so, catch. Uh, absolutely, absolutely, it was. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, and and see that is, uh, but but now Georgia beat riders would tell you pretty quickly that. They've got more talent there than they realize. Trev, what even Kirby mentioned after spring practice and talking with some of the guys who cover Georgia say that they're more concerned about the old line than they yeah. are about the uh, about the, uh, uh, the the wide receivers. Kirby said if there's one unit uh, that needs to grow up the most between now and uh, the Clemson game, he said it would be the old line. Now, the secondary, I think they fill some holes, but can you see some, some issues there travel in that old line? For the I dogs? just have – I have trust issues with two teams early in the yes. season coming up, Georgia with the matchup with Clemson. Mm-hmm. And while I'm on the LSU train more than a lot of folks, I don't trust LSU at UCLA yeah. either. Those are my two trust issue matchups to get the season going. What about you, Brent? Well, and see, my thing with LSU Trav would be, uh, I, I, I may even pick them second over A&M because of the stability of quarterback and more than that because they've virtually got the entire offensive line and defensive line coming back. But see, my, my, my issue with LSU is more of a between-the-ears situation yeah. there, uh, Trav, particularly, uh, and I know people get tired of this, but it's reality, folks. If uh, Trevor, that Title Nine thing goes off the rails in, in yeah. August, where, where's that team? Oh, no worries. O is well equipped to manage that yeah, crisis. Yeah, sure. Yeah. The best thing about O is in that situation, I think he'd be just totally oblivious. Yeah. You know, I, I, I've said it yeah. before. I, it's sort of unintended uh, ability to deal with crisis is that yeah. you you don't even have the ability to recognize that there's a crisis to start with kind of like Alabama in 99, right? Yes. I mean, how oh, yeah. Alabama went through that stretch and ended up winning the damn sec. Yeah. I mean, I, I can see a similar situation with LSU with a, a better roster than Alabama had in 99. And, and, and again, the unbelievable thing about it is, uh, and he doesn't say much about it. 
but Mike Dubo's team beating a Steve Spurrier team out <laughs> once but twice, Travis. One of the one of the craziest accomplishments maybe in college football history. Absolutely. The, the 99 team. Great, great dudes on that team. A lot of talent. Sean Alexander, Chris Samuels, uh, Andrew Zow at quarterback did some good things. Tyler Watts. Yeah. Had some good players. Had some talent. They, they uh they brought it all together. Speaking of crazy stats, this one you have in your notes package for the week. Alabama has scored 35-plus points in 24 consecutive games, shattering the all-time FBS record previously held by Oregon with 15 straight in 2011-2012. Man, you think about 10 years ago and those Oregon offenses <laughs> yeah. and the numbers that Chip Kelly and we talk about LSU and UCLA – um, and those teams were putting up, and the way Alabama was playing football. Think about the way Alabama played football oh, yeah. in 2011 with A.J. McCarron as a first-year starter and Trent Richardson pounding the rock and a top-three defense of all time in Alabama history uh, really carrying that 2011 team. I guess when I see that stat, the thought that comes to me first is how different Alabama is offensively now. Versus 10 years ago. I, I think what goes along with that is, at one point to me, what's so different, when you've got as many players as they do that can score at any point on the field at any time, I think that's amazing. See, that's what I <clears> – <throat> when, when Darren McFadden was at Arkansas, people forget this, but you'll remember – he didn't get the credit that he deserved. McFadden was one of these guys. I know he did it on Alabama, too. <clears throat> but, Trav, whether you were at the goal line or at their own 10-yard line, when you gave the ball to, to McFadden, he was the kind of guy that could go the length of the field uh, on any play. And, and that's the thing that Alabama had last year were several of those guys. It, it, it isn't amazing. <clears throat> and this is, again, how Nick Saban – has changed the game of we remember the athletes trap that they had in 08, 09, in the time you're talking about uh, in uh, uh, 11 and 012. You think about those athletes and maybe having one Julio Jones, and now you've got four or five of them almost. Run DMC back in the Darren McFadden days That's right. at Arkansas with the right reverend. Houston, none. <laughs> you also had Felix Jones and Peyton Hillis. You sure did. Field. You had some, you had some studs. Unbelievable, wasn't it? <laughs> and I still don't think Alabama, that memorable win in Nick Saban's first year in 2007. Yes. Yes. I think McFadden was dinged in the second half of that game. And I think if that doesn't happen, I don't think Alabama beats Arkansas that right. night. It worked right. out. But, yeah, I mean, you look at Alabama and – this is an offense, this is a team that is looking to average more than 45 points per game for a fourth straight season yeah. coming up. Yeah. Yeah. And Absolutely. the viability of that with all the talent that has passed through and left the program now, that's going to be tough. I, I, don't, I don't know if I see that with this offense or this mm-hmm. team averaging 45-plus. I think you may have to go back to – well, 2017, 2016, teams that still average 37, 38 a game, but 45-plus 
for three straight seasons. I, you know, maybe they'll do it this year and run it to four, but even if they don't, and understanding how much the game has changed, I don't know if we're going to see many offenses in college football, period. True. Again, even with the way the game is being played, averaged 45 plus uh, over a stretch of three or four years. That's that's maybe one of the crazier stats and speaks to the evolution of the Alabama program under Nick Saban as much as anything else. Well, Brent, as we wrap up here with you, always good stuff with Brent Beard, and we always talk a lot of transfer. I know you had an interesting one, too, yeah. in terms of a linebacker going from Ole Miss to Kentucky, and a linebacker, by the way, originally from the city of Tuscaloosa. Well, it's always good to put the local kids in here, but Jack West Jones has uh, transferred from Ole Miss to Kentucky. And, and see, a lot of these transfers are due to playing time. That's not the case here. Jones had over a 1,000 snaps in three seasons at Ole Miss, so it's certainly not about playing time. Had 75 travel last year. Now, now, now look, as you astutely pointed out, this Kentucky defense will be better, and I frankly it, think it's a step up for him. He's oh, going to a far about, better defense. Yeah. I don't think there's any doubt about that. No, no, and, and and I'll give Lane credit at Ole Miss. I think they will actually be better too. They've got a long way to go, but it, it, it just that's something you don't see very often as a travel. And sometimes guys just need a that they need a change in their life, and that that goes along with it too. But. Uh, I thought that was very interesting and and not the norm in the transfer portal uh, to, to leave after you know you're going to be a starter at one team. Hillcrest product, Jack Wes Jones, yeah. off to the bluegrass of Kentucky. All right, Brent, as we uh, let you out of here, where are we at with the college football, Max? What do we got? Well, we have got uh, Athlon and Lindy's both national and SEC editions are out. Now, Phil Steele. Uh, has sent his uh, magazine. The last page went to the printer a couple of <laughs> days ago. Is there like so, video footage of yeah, that? I mean, probably, it, probably. I thought ESPN might break in with that, that <laughs> last page. <laughs> well, as much as Phil does for ESPN Travel, you, you figure they may have uh, that somewhere. But, but Phil put out on Twitter that uh, the, the last page is in. So they're taking uh, – pre-orders before they uh, they hit the stands right now. But I, but I will give him some credit at this point with it going this week uh, when he says that he is accurate. Uh, frankly, Travis is for is having the more accurate roster and depth chart after talking to these coaches and waiting till now. Uh, uh, that claim would be true. Yeah, absolutely. No <laughs> doubt. Very, very thorough, Phil, still. Hey, Brent, we can't thank you enough. We always appreciate you here on the program. Brent Beard of College Sports Today, First Coast News, and, of course, a longtime voter for the Heisman Trophy. Brent, thanks a lot, my man. My pleasure, bud. Take care. There he goes, Brent Beard. If you haven't already, give Brent a follow on Twitter at Brent Beard, B-E-A-I-R-D. Back with more of Southern Fried Sports on a Thursday, presented by Peterbrook Chocolatier right after this. Um. You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with BamaOnline.com senior analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
Daddy didn't pull out But never apologize Rock and roll means well But can't help telling young boys lie Baby, on the ways Got enough reason to get you out of life Get you out without having to swallow any pride Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Schreier, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. Thanks again to Brent Beard. Joining us on Thursday this week instead of Tuesday. Always a lot of fun checking in with Brent Beard. Does an outstanding job for us here. Does an outstanding job for the various outlets he's associated with. And did you hear Rusty, by the way? In the segment with Brent, did you pick up Rusty, maybe? Yeah, Rusty was in that last segment with Brent. Brent started talking about the dogs of Georgia, and Rusty, I think, took that as his cue that it was time to get back involved with the program, with the college football season approaching. And so Rusty, with a little, yeah, Rusty, we heard you. Yeah, we'll find out if you got any teeth this season little mid-June approach from Rusty. Rusty's chomping at the bit, literally, at this point for the return of college football. You know, we talked with Brent about the LSU situation and Title IX and all that that's going on in Baton Rouge right now. And I really do think with O, it could be a situation comparable to what Alabama experienced in 1999 under Mike Dubos. I think probably a couple of guys that are wired similarly. And uh, guys, certainly, with defensive line backgrounds. And uh, the thing with O, though, in 2021, you know, this happens in 1999. I think as the head coach, your chances of having the opportunity to navigate the situation if the stuff really hits the fan in the season is greater than it would have been. Think about 99. Alabama. If all that stuff had happened in the era of social media, you really think Mike Dubose would have had an opportunity to finish that season to coach that team through that? I don't. And so that's where you have the question with O. And if his involvement, uh, alleged involvement, proves to be central to the football aspect of the Title IX investigation. Uh, at LSU, I'm not sure O gets that chance in 2021. We talked also about Alabama in search of a four straight season of averaging 45 plus points per game. Mind boggling, right? Mind boggling. And if that's going to be the case with this Alabama team, again, four straight years potentially of 45 plus points per game, the defense has got to knot it up, right? And when we talk about knotting it up, we're talking about non-offensive touchdowns. So you look at this Alabama defense, and I think certainly the possibilities are there in the secondary. Guys like Malachi Moore, we saw him score a defensive touchdown or two last season. With what Will Anderson and Christopher Allen can produce in the pass rush, you saw a defensive touchdown in the spring game, for crying out loud. Chris Braswell off the edge, strips Bryce Young. There's Jalen Moody for the scoop and score. So I think it's going to take some defensive help. And even with that, I 
pointed to maybe more of a return to 16 and 17 for Alabama where points per game are concerned. And 16 and 17 had some defenses of their own. And those teams averaged around 37, 38 points per game. Going to step aside for a final break. When we come back, we'll put a wrap on a Thursday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Good supply of sunshine, the high for this afternoon around 90. Mostly clear tonight, the low 67. Tomorrow, partially sunny with a high at 93. Saturday, clouds move in, rain becoming widespread by afternoon. The high Saturday at 82. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Bama's number one for hip-hop and R&B, 105.1 The Block. It's 87 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. I think we've got one more song. Okay, you got it. This is it. Well, I moved into this room, if you could call it that, a week ago. I never do what I'm supposed to do, hardly even know my name anymore. No one calls it out, kind of vanishes away. And I can't get to sleep at night, the parking lot so loud and bright. The AC hasn't worked in 20 years, probably never made a single person call. But I can't say the same for me I've done it many times Somebody take me home Through those Alabama pines Back with more of a Thursday You can drive through Talladega On that weekend in October Southern Fries Sports Right here on Tide 100.9 FM Travis Schreier, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com With you Weekdays from 11 a.m. until noon, highlighting live at the Shoals Theater from back in 2014 today as your Southern Fried Sports playlist. Former bandmates, Mike Cooley, Patterson Hood, and that guy right there, Jason Isbell, playing an acoustic show back at the Shoals Theater almost seven years ago to the day. Up there in Florence, Alabama. Good stuff. Live LP you can now access on iTunes, wherever you consume your your music these days. Used to just be as simple as a vinyl album, maybe a cassette tape. Then we got really advanced with the CDs. Wow, that was mind-blowing, wasn't it? Now you just go to iTunes on your old smartphone and you search Drive-By Truckers, Jason Isbell, and up it comes. Hit play and rock and roll. 205-342-9904. That is the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line. If you'd like to check in with us in the final moments of the program, you are welcome to do so. Night of comebacks in the NBA last night, wasn't it? Both by road teams that took three two advantages in their respective series. You had Trey Young and the Hawks coming from way back. Just when you thought the ATL was synonymous with blowing big leads or not coming through in big moments in postseason play, 
What about the Hawks last night coming back from 26 down to beat the Sixers and take a 3-2 lead in that Eastern Conference semi-final? That Sixers team reminded me too much of the Sixers team of my youth. In the youth, I was a huge Philadelphia 76ers team, uh, Sixers fan. Julius Irving, Dr. J, was my guy in sports in general. Until I was probably 14, 15 years old, my favorite athlete in any sport was Dr. J. So I went through a lot of heartbreak with Doc and some of those Sixers team, especially at the hands of the hated Boston Celtics. And Pops' guy, the Messiah, as Pops refers to him, Larry Bird. But then we got Moses Malone in 83 and pretty much just swept through the NBA playoffs. Won that world title in 83. But the Sixers, boy, talk about a collapse. And then in the nightcap, can't make fun of playoff Paul right now, can you? How about Paul George last night carrying the L.A. Clippers past the Utah Jazz in Salt Lake City. And the Clippers now with a 3-2 edge in that semifinal series in the Western Conference. The Suns resting comfortably following their sweep. How about Suns and Four Guy going viral the other night Well, after the beatdown on the Nuggets fans? <laughs> That's some of the dangest video you'll ever see. And I see where Devin Booker now, the Suns star, has sent Suns and Four Guy uh, tickets for the Western Conference Finals and also a signed Devin Booker jersey. I'm not sure if the powers that be at the old league office like that this morning. Not really hoping to highlight that kind of behavior with the fear being that at games around the NBA playoffs now, you'll have fights breaking out in hopes of NBA stars sending out free tickets and jerseys to combatants. But the Suns are sitting there now in a good spot, waiting on the winner of the Clippers and the Jazz. And the Hawks on the precipice of an Eastern Conference Finals appearance with that 3-2 lead over the Sixers. Of course, you got the Nets and the Bucks and the other Eastern Conference series. Kevin Durant just amazing a couple of nights ago. Talked about that yesterday. And you do have, again, the U.S. Open underway. After the fog delay earlier today, the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines. Round one action. Robbie Shelton now. We got a bad score on Robbie earlier, so I apologize for that. But we had Robbie at one under through one. He actually he actually bogeyed one. Didn't birdie it. Uh, he has made another bogey now. So he is plus two. Through five holes, Justin Thomas on the golf course, starting his round on the back nine at Torrey Pines. He is even par through three holes. He's played 10, 11, and 12. He is even par. Wilson Furr and Davis Shore, the Alabama teammates here of late, they are set to go off in about 35 minutes or so. So a pretty nice Alabama contingent. In the 121st plane of the U.S. Open. Thomas and Shelton on the course. Fur and Shore set to go in a little more than a half hour from now. You know something I'm working on for BamaOnline.com. You're going to be able to find it free this afternoon. The roster countdown continues, and I've moved into the 30s now, which has me squarely 
in a stretch of young linebackers for the most part. And today I'm going to have Demoy Kennedy, Ian Jackson, and Shane Lee up with some player write-ups. Roster countdown on BamaOnline.com. You're going to see that around 2 o'clock this afternoon. And, man, remember a couple of years ago when Alabama fans were bemoaning the lack of proven depth at the inside linebacker spots? Not now. Not now. Some of those rough lessons that were learned – Back in 2019, they've proven beneficial both last year and certainly looking ahead to this year. Christian Harris, primarily, who I'm thinking of there. But the recruiting never stops at Alabama. And Demoy Kennedy, a second-year player. You know, if you're an old fart like me, when you watch Demoy Kennedy, long, rangy, athletic, you sort of think of Ralph Staten back in the day. Remember Ralph? Yeah, he was sort of that safety linebacker hybrid in the mid-90s that you saw a lot of college football going to defensively. We're going to hit on Ian Jackson, the early enrollee, who did some nice things at the Mike linebacker position in the 8 day game, working along with Jackson Bratton there with the second group. And Shane Lee, a little bit of the forgotten man, led Alabama in tackles two years ago. Had the sports hernia in 2020 that sidelined him for a good bit of the campaign, and He's back looking to solidify his status as a top four option there at inside linebacker with Henry Toa coming in from Tennessee. But you've got Deontay Lawson now pushing people as an early enrollee. So uh, a lot of competition, always a good thing. Makes the job for Pete Golding all the easier. Loves all that competition. we got to get us some more of that competition, Pat. we got to step out of here on a Thursday. Appreciate Brent Beard. Appreciate Jacob Harrison. The lunch whistle on this Thursday, Heat Pizza Bar, downtown Tuscaloosa at Government Plaza. It's ladies' night, and the feeling is right at Heat Pizza Bar, downtown Tuscaloosa. The very best pizza you will put in your mouth anywhere. Great full bar, great craft beers, great craft cocktails. Heat Pizza Bar, downtown Tuscaloosa at Government Plaza. Until 11 a.m. on Friday. Have a great rest of your Thursday, everybody. It's good to see you, Terry Pace. It's good to see you, buddy.